Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, October 5th, 2018, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will react to the Patriots' win over the Indianapolis Colts on Thursday Night Football to begin Week 5 in the NFL. I'll also look ahead to the rest of Week 5, which will include Picks Picks and my DraftKings Gotta Have Them Play for Sunday Slate. Plus, I'll share some thoughts on the Red Sox-Yankees ALDS playoff series that'll begin this weekend at Fenway. I'll talk about postseason baseball and just a couple notes on the Bruins and the Celtics. Also, we got a WWE event. And oh yeah, there's a big fight this weekend in Vegas. UFC 229, Conor McGregor takes on lightweight champ and the undefeated Khabib. Uh, I'll talk about that as well. There's a lot to talk about, and all of it today will be presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C. At DraftKings, there are no season-long commitments. And with Week 5 in the NFL underway, sign up right now for the $1.7 million play action contest for Sunday's Week 5 slate. $1.7 million in total prizes, $100,000 going to first place. Just pick your team and follow the action live on your DraftKings app. And again, play in this contest for free by signing up using promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Today's show is also presented by Bet Online. Join the Bet Online Pick'em Contest and you could win $25,000. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1. That's promo code PODCAST1 at betonline.ag to receive a 50% welcome bonus with college football, the NFL, and now the Major League Baseball postseason underway. This is the perfect time to make your online wages at betonline.ag and take full advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. Welcome to the show. It is a Friday. I know I'm usually here Mondays and Thursdays, but as I told you earlier in the week, I wanted to make sure I could react to the Patriots Thursday night football game on this show. So I wasn't going to record a show on Thursday, but what I did was, if you pay attention to my podcast, and if you are subscribed at Podcast One or on iTunes or on Spotify or on my website, dannypicard.com or anywhere podcasts are available for that matter, if you're subscribed, you know I went into Fenway Park earlier this week on Tuesday afternoon and recorded a podcast with Red Sox president Sam Kennedy. Make sure you go check that out. We talked everything from Chris Sale, David Price, uh, J.D. Martinez, Alex Cora's first season as manager of this team, even Mookie Betts' contract and his future with the organization. I asked him about that. And uh, postseason baseball, there's a lot going on. October has to be the most busy time, right, of the year in, in sports because you have the NHL underway. The Bruins have begun. They've already played two games. The NBA 
is about to begin their regular season. So there's a lot of there's a lot of news there. They've had their media days. They have preseason. You see LeBron in a Lakers uniform. You got Kyrie Irving uh, and Gordon Haywood finally being able to play together again in a Celtics uniform. You know what happened with Gordon Haywood last year. Uh, you don't need me to remind you of that. You don't need anybody to remind you of that because that was a bad memory. But now they're able to play together. Look, there's a lot going on. NBA, NHL, and of course the NFL is in week five. College football, um, postseason baseball, and then of course you get all this other stuff like the UFC 229 and even you know a little WWE this weekend in Australia, the Super Showdown. So there's just so much going on, but I'm going to begin. I'm going to begin with the Patriots defeating the Colts on Thursday Night Football. 38-24, to Tom Brady becomes the third quarterback in NFL history to throw 500 career touchdown passes, and his 500th career touchdown pass, who did it go to? Josh Gordon. And if you watch this pass, then you know uh, that this was not necessarily a, a great throw. I mean, Tom Brady... He had a little time in the pocket. He had to get rid of it. He was trying to use his left hand to to guide some receivers to certain spots. He just had to throw it up. So he threw it up to Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon had two guys all over him in the end zone, but he came back to it and went up and got it. And that was Josh Gordon being a man amongst boys. And so you see that type of catch from Josh Gordon. You see that type of play. You can see the athleticism on full display. And if there's anybody out there that watches that catch and is sitting there going, wow, bringing Josh Gordon to the Patriots was a bad idea. If there's anybody who's still saying that, even if they felt that way at first, then I hope they're changing their tune. Especially somebody like Peter King. Remember his tweet? I tweeted him out at the time. I tweeted that out, quote tweeted that, and responded and said, you know, this is a little ridiculous. The fact that you're saying, you know, the Patriots should be above signing Josh Gordon. It just didn't make any sense. Should be above what? What, helping somebody out? One, two, bringing in somebody who has all the tools that Josh Gordon has? And three, sitting his ass right next to Tom Brady in the Patriots locker room? There's no better place for Josh Gordon to be. Especially given some of the problems that he's dealing with in his personal life. There's no better place for him to be than the New England Patriots than sitting next to Tom Brady. And I told you that at the time. And, uh, you know, he had a couple catches last week. He had a couple catches on Thursday night. But he caught Tom Brady's 500th career touchdown pass. Now, unfortunately for Josh Gordon, he's not going to be able to keep that football. I don't think. I, I, I didn't hear anything on that. Well, Maybe I'm wrong. I would think that Tom Brady's going to keep his 500th career touchdown pass. I would think he's going to keep that ball. Uh, Josh Gordon, maybe they'll create a replica football and he'll autograph it for him or something. I don't know. But Gordon caught it. The Patriots win the game. Tom Brady, his night. Here are his numbers. 34 of 44 for 341 yards. Three touchdowns and a rushing touchdown as well. A little QB sneak early on in this game. And two interceptions. You know, the Chris, Ho- Chris Hogan basically took a ball and threw it <laughs> into uh, one of the Colts players' hands. And then you had Gronk, which, I don't know, was that a catch and a fumble? What was what are we what are we ruling that? There were just a, a couple wacky turnovers in this game. Um, 
And and even Andrew Luck threw a couple of wacky turnovers. The balls looked like they were caught and, and got intercepted. But did you ever really feel uncomfortable if you're a Patriots fan? Did you? Like, if you're a Patriots fan, did you ever feel uncomfortable? I know you had the, the back and forth with the turnovers, and the Colts ended up making it a one-possession game in the second half. But even at that point, I never felt uncomfortable, basically because I never thought that the Colts were really going to shut down this Patriots offense. I, I just didn't feel like they would ever shut it down. So I never really felt uncomfortable with this game, even though the Colts did make it a one-possession game at one point with those wacky turnovers in the back and forth there. I never felt uncomfortable. So if you're a Patriots fan, I don't think you ever really felt uncomfortable. If you're a Colts, Colts fan, even though you, you made it a one-possession game at one point, did you ever really feel comfortable that you were going to win this game at Gillette? I mean, look, the Colts are banged up. They are they are a banged up team. There's no question about that. They're banged up. But um, they were never winning this game. The Colts were never winning this game. And I think part of the reason I felt so comfortable was the fact that you had Julian Edelman return. And I told you, I was expecting Edelman to return and to be immediately insert it into the lineup, and to have an immediate impact. I told you that was my expectation, and that's exactly what happened. Julian Edelman, first play of the game, went to Julian Edelman, for crying out loud. And so that opens some things up for some other players. And uh, Edelman, in this game, had seven catches for 57 yards, and he's returning punts. His first game back from his four-game PED suspension, and it looks like he never missed a beat. He says he was working out. I'm, I'm sure, you know. Did anybody think he wasn't working out? But he gives the story how he was working out at the Celtics facility. And um, look, Edelman has been there before. They talked about how he was so good finding those open spots in the zone coverage. And, you know, I think that has something to do with the fact that he was once a quarterback, right? He, Julian Edelman was once a quarterback. It really is remarkable what Julian Edelman has done with his career, if you really think about it. I mean, this guy was a college quarterback, turned into a receiver. At one point with the Patriots, even in, in the playoffs, he was they were using him as a wide receiver and a defensive back. They were using him as a cornerback. I think it was a game against Baltimore in the playoffs. Remember they won that playoff game? Was it Billy Cundiff missed the field goal? For Baltimore, Patriots won it. Is that, was that that game? Edelman was, was a defensive back. I mean, and now he misses four games. He returns, and he doesn't miss a beat. Seven catches, 57 yards. Didn't have a touchdown. And I know the 57 yards receiving doesn't jump off the, the score sheet. But if you watch this game, it was like his presence alone And just the first couple catches he made on that first possession, his presence alone opened things up for Gronk up the middle, down the seam. It even opened up a couple plays for Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett, James White. Ten receptions in this game for James White. And then, of course, you got Sony Michelle, 18 carries for 98 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, you know, the Patriots offense looks to be back. And I think that when you then look at Josh Gordon and maybe some of the improvements that he can make, whether it's running routes, whether it's learning the playbook, whatever that may be, the confidence that Brady is going to then, you know, Brady's going to get confidence in Josh Gordon. If he's making plays like he made last night in the end zone to catch catch Tom Brady's 500 touchdown pass, Brady's going to gain some more trust in Gordon. No question about it. So this offense, it's scary to say, but they're only getting better. 
And they were not going to lose that game. This offense was not going to be slowed down last night. And uh, even after a couple turnovers, you know, I looked at that thing and, and thought to myself, Patriots are going to win this game, and they'll probably win it by, by two scores, by two touchdowns. And that's exactly what happened. Patriots beat the Colts 38-24 on Thursday Night Football. And uh, now the Patriots at 3-2, and two, they move on to a home game against the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 6 next Sunday. And that is going to be a nationally televised game again. Sunday Night Football on NBC. And uh, it's the second Sunday night football game the Patriots will have. They had that one against Detroit in week three. But now they'll be at home against Kansas City in week six on NBC4, the Sunday night football game of the week. Uh, I'm curious to see what the spread of that game is going to be because the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they are currently, as I record this show, heading into their week five game against Jacksonville in Kansas City. The Chiefs are one of two Undefeated teams at 4-0. You know the Patrick Mahomes story by now. He's out there throwing with his opposite hand for crying out loud to pick up first downs. I'd like to... Hey, you want to come into Gillette and throw with your left hand? Let's let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Should be fun. Should be exciting. I do know that Kansas City's defense does not look very good. So if Kansas City's defense is going to look like they've looked through the first four weeks of the season at least and they come in and Gillette on Sunday Night Football, Tom Brady's going to carve them up. So Patrick Mahomes is going to need probably a third hand to throw with if they're going to come in and Gillette and beat the Patriots the way this Patriots offense looks. But uh, we got plenty of time to think about that, to talk about that. Patriots win. So we're, I'm off to a, we're off to a good start here. You know, they win, they cover the 10-point spread, and the offense looks great. They had a couple big turnovers. You know, you got to tip your cap to... McCourty, Devin McCourty, ripping that ball out. And, um, yeah, Patriots look good. Now, some people will say, well, Indianapolis is so banged up. Like, how much stock are you going to put into that win? I mean, Andrew Luck, he, this is a guy that, if he does have his weapons, I think the Colts are a team that could beat most teams in this league with Andrew Luck as their quarterback. Now, they got to get those pieces back. I don't think they were going to beat the Patriots, even if they had those pieces. Like, I think the way the Patriots offense looked against that indie defense, the Patriots were always going to outscore them last night in that game. So I'm not going to look at a depleted Colts team and say, that's the only reason the Patriots won. No, that's not it. Patriots went two straight. They're 3-2. and two. They now look up at Miami still at 3-1. and one. The Dolphins are in Cincinnati on Sunday. Um, I don't want to tease my picks just yet, but... I'm going to let you know, I don't think Miami's going to win that game. So you probably see a tie for first place with the Patriots getting that head-to-head tiebreaker so far. Meaning if the Dolphins lose to Cincy, Patriots will jump up back into first place in the AFC East. So that's what we had on Thursday Night Football. The rest of Week 5 resumes on Sunday. Just to break it down, to break down what Week 5 looks like, uh, we have... The Chicago Bears and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a bye. So two teams have a bye. The bye schedule started last week. This is the second week of the bye schedule. Only two teams have a bye in week five. It's Chicago and Tampa Bay. Uh, There are going to be 13 games on Sunday. The Sunday Night Football game of the week in week five this Sunday on NBC is Dallas in Houston. Uh, The the Houston Texans a three-point favorite. Hosting the Dallas Cowboys. 
I think people are expecting Deshaun Watson to now, you know, they get that win. Houston is coming off a win over Indy, that that overtime win, which, you know, the Colts, talk about a whirlwind for the Colts. Like, their coach, Frank Reich, he, he makes that decision to go for it on fourth down. They don't get it. Houston ends up getting the great field position in overtime and winning that game. And then you got to turn it around real quick with all those injuries to try and beat the Patriots and then see the Patriots looking like that with the return of Edelman. I mean, just a tough, just a tough couple of days for the Indianapolis Colts. But Houston beat Indy. And I think people are expecting Houston now. They're one and three. People are expecting Houston to go on a roll. I'm one of those teams. I would take Houston at home in this game. Uh, but I think the the big factor here could be, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, you just, I, I have a tough time betting against him. So I, I really, I would stay away from this one on Sunday Night Football's Houston is a three-point favorite. Then week five will end with Washington in New Orleans on Monday Night Football. The Saints, a six-point favorite in this one. Washington's a good team. They're a good team. I like Washington. I told you, I think Washington's going to win the NFC East. And... They're coming off the bye, and they're two and one. So, I, I like Washington. I, I'm not saying they're going to go into New Orleans and win, but I do think that they can put up some points against the against the Saints, and should make it an interesting game on Monday Night Football. But that's where Week Five will end. I told you two undefeated teams remain: only two, Kansas City and the Rams. They're both four and zero. Kansas City is hosting Jacksonville on Sunday, and the Rams. Uh, in Seattle on Sunday. So uh, those are the two teams at 4-0. Only one team is winless. One team does not have a win. And that's the Arizona Cardinals. They are 0-4. So uh, a tough start to the season. I, I don't think anybody's surprised by this, that they're 0-4 and the only winless team left. But uh, they're in San Francisco. San Francisco's 1-3, and three, so maybe Arizona can somehow get their first win. San Francisco is without Jimmy Garoppolo, so uh, I don't think anyone's expecting the 49ers to do anything special. And um, maybe Arizona gets their first win, but that's just a look at Week 5 before I do get into the picks here. I'll give you picks picks in just a moment, but before I do that, as you know, I give you a DraftKings gotta have him play every week. And um, I was joking with a couple people earlier this week. I I told them that I was going to change this segment to the DraftKings gotta stay away play for Sunday. Like when I give you a play that you gotta have, maybe you just should stay away from him. You gotta stay away from him because my DraftKings gotta have him plays have really been anything. But uh, I took Odell Beckham Jr. last week. That did not go well, and and Odell Beckham Jr. didn't like it. He was his expressing his frustration with the offense, and he should, because Eli Manning's terrible. But <laughs> my my DraftKings gotta have him play is really the DraftKings gotta stay away if that's the way you're playing it. But I'm still gonna make this pick with confidence, just to let you know. I'm not like, I'm not purposely giving you someone you have to stay away from. I'm actually, I'm this pick I'm about to give you is with complete confidence. Like, I feel that this player is not only a great pick, because I think he's going to put up big numbers Sunday, but I also think that this player is at a great value. So, if you want to bet against me, if you think I'm a jinx, then you're an adult, you can make your own decisions. But, 
I am just going to remind you, even though I joke that this should now be the DraftKings got to stay away play for Sunday. To me personally, I still give you this in confidence, with confidence, and uh, it's still my DraftKings got to have them play. You got to have them. Either way, sign up today at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C, to play for free with your first deposit. And my DraftKings got to have them play for Sunday in week five is Derek Carr, Oakland Raiders quarterback Derek Carr, 5200 bucks. That's all he's going to cost you. Oakland is in L.A. to take on the Chargers, not the Rams, the Chargers, okay? So Oakland, yeah, they're on the road, but really, where are they? They're still on the West Coast. Are there even any Chargers fans? How many Chargers fans go to these games? You might see more Oakland Raiders fans. I'm telling you right now, that building might be louder when the Raiders score than when the Chargers score. But both teams are going to score in this game. This should be a high-scoring game, and in a high-scoring game, Derek Carr, only 5200 bucks. He's one of the cheapest quarterbacks in Week 5. I think you're going to see most people on DraftKings go with either Big Ben Roethlisberger, who's the most expensive QB, at 6900 or they're going to go with Matt Ryan at 6600 because Pittsburgh is hosting Atlanta, and the over-under for this game is like 60 or something. I mean, people are expecting both of these quarterbacks to go off and you know, I, sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta look at that, see where everybody else is going, and say I'm gonna go to another spot because maybe, just maybe, those two picks are way too obvious, and they're much more expensive than Derek Carr at 5,200. So you also have to look at the guy on the other side that Oakland's playing, the Chargers quarterback, Philip Rivers. He's 6,700. He's right there at the top of the you know the, one of the most expensive quarterbacks in week 5 along with Big Ben and Matt Ryan. So if you're expecting Philip Rivers to have a big day against his Oakland defense, which you know I wouldn't be surprised with, then you should expect Derek Carr to have a big day cuz he's that means he's going to have to keep up, right? And if he's going to have to keep up, that is great value at 5200. That really is cuz then you can take your money, spend it somewhere else with the potential for a huge day for Derek Carr. Both the Chargers and the Raiders, they allow 30 points per game. Derek Carr's the f- he is fourth in the National Football League, ranks fourth in the NFL in pass yards per game at 343 pass yards per game. Again, LA's not a tough place to play. Oakland's an underdog, four and a half point dog. Give me Derek Carr at that price all day, every day against the Chargers defense that allowed 20 fantasy points to C.J. Bethard last week. Is it Bethard Bethard? That's right. C.J. who? Exactly. We don't even know how to pronounce the guy's fucking name. And (laughs) the Chargers defense gave him 20 fantasy points. And he was filling in for Jimmy Garoppolo. What's Derek Carr going to do in a game in which they might have to keep up with the Chargers in L.A.? Well, I think Derek Carr, at that price, it's just too good to pass up. 5,200, Derek Carr, he is my DraftKings. Gotta have him play for Sunday. And again, sign up today at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C, to play for free with your first deposit, which then brings me to my picks for Week 5. Picks, picks. We do it every week. Uh, and. Uh, I know I usually close out the show with it, but I'm going to close out the show with thoughts on postseason baseball and a couple other things that are happening with the Bruins and Celtics in this town. 
So uh, I'm going to get right to the picks right now. So without further ado, hit the music. Picks, picks for week five as part of the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge is presented by Bet Online. Join the Bet Online Pick'em Contest and you could win $25,000. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, BetOnline.ag. I am 11-9 and nine on the season. We're just picking straight up winners. Moneyline now in the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge. I'm in 14th place out of 16. That's not good. Guess who's in first place? Shaq. Unbelievable, right? Shaquille O'Neal's in first place. I'm knocking him for his terrible picks early in the season. Now he's in first. Just go. It just goes to show you, though, how quickly you can go from the basement to the top of the leaderboard. So, I plan on making that same leap that Shaq did. He had a perfect 5-0 week last week. And he now has 11 points on the year. I only have 4 points on the year. It's a point-based system. You get 1 point for a regular win, minus 1 point for a regular loss, Two points for the lock of the week correct, and minus two points for the lock of the week wrong. Again, a total of five picks every single week. You can check out the standings yourself at podcast1sportsnet.com and also join in on the trash talk by using hashtag sportsnetchallenge on social media. So I need a perfect week because, like I told you last week, I'm not just picking for me anymore. I'm also picking for charity. The winner of the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge gets a check for $5,000 to give to a charity of their choice, courtesy of Bet Online. So, uh, this pressure to have a perfect week, but I'm ready for the pressure. Bring it on. My picks for week five. I have three road teams, and all three of those road teams are favorites, but let's get to one of my home teams first. Pick number one. The Carolina Panthers, they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home Sunday at 1. They host the New York Giants. Carolina's 2-1. and one. They're coming off the bye, so they've had a little extra time to rest up and prepare for the Giants. What are they preparing for? They're preparing for a Giants team that's 1-3, and three, that's coming off a loss at home to the New Orleans Saints, in which the Giants look absolutely terrible. Odell Beckham Jr., he's expressing his frustration with the offense And I mean, I would be too, because it comes down to the Giants offense. What it comes down to is Eli Manning is just no good. He's no good. I told you last year when they benched him late in the season, I said, nobody should have a problem with this. If he's not playing good football, if if Eli Manning continues to look as bad as he looks, what's the problem with benching him? I don't understand. What, because he's won a couple Super Bowls? Years ago, that shouldn't matter for what's going on with that Giants team right now. I don't think it's that difficult. Yeah, you could say he should have a little more time in the pocket, but I watched the Giants a couple times the last couple weeks. To me, this is an Eli Manning problem, and that's it. And I think Odell Beckham Jr., to a man, off the record, would tell you the same thing. This one, Sunday at 1 in Carolina, it comes down to Cam Newton at home or Eli Manning on the road. And I am going to take Cam Newton at home all day, every day. Give me the Panthers to win this game at home over the New York Giants. I'm taking Carolina. Then I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. They are in Detroit to take on the Lions. Now, this one, the Packers were an early favorite at minus one and a half on the road. This is now a pick 'em. 
It's Sunday at 1 in Detroit. The fact that it's a pick might have something to do with the way Green Bay is banged up. Their receiving core is all banged up. We don't even know who's going to play. We don't even know who Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing to. But what I do know is that Aaron Rodgers will be the one throwing for Green Bay. Now, the Packers are 2-1-1 on the season. Uh, they should be 3-1 if they didn't get screwed over by the refs in that game against Minnesota. But they're coming off a 22-0 win over the Bills, a game that they should have won. I'm not trying to praise them too much for a win over the Bills. But uh, I think they can go into Detroit and win this game. The Lions are 1-3. The Lions are coming off a loss to Dallas. When I look at the Lions, I see a team that already played this Super Bowl. Matt Patricia, Detroit, they played this Super Bowl. That was against the Patriots in Week 3 at home on Sunday Night Football. They're not going to... They're not going to get up for any game like they were getting up for that game. And certainly not against the Green Bay team that they might be overlooking because it's in Detroit and they know Green Bay's all banged up. I think Aaron Rodgers, regardless of his weapons, should be able to go into Detroit and win this game. Now, you might say to me, Danny, Detroit's defense, their pass defense is pretty good. Detroit's pass defense ranked second in the league this season. They allow just 171 pass yards per game. But... Don't sleep on Green Bay's pass defense so far to this point. Their pass defense isn't too far behind, allowing just 218 pass yards per game. So, I think Aaron Rodgers can go into Detroit, win this game, because the Lions allow, what, 30 points a game. Green Bay's banged up, doesn't matter. Give me the Packers in this NFC North showdown. Green Bay in Detroit, they somehow squeeze out a win over the Lions. Give me Green Bay. Then, I'm going with Tennessee, the Titans. They're a five-point favorite in Buffalo Sunday at 1. I've been betting against Tennessee the last couple weeks, and I told you early in the week, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to bet against Tennessee anymore. Now, that doesn't mean I have to bet them to win, but I'm going to do it this time. Tennessee, how about those Titans? They're 3-1. and one. I didn't see this coming. They've won three straight. After losing to the Dolphins in week one, they lost that game to Miami, but now they won three straight. They've had some quarterback issues. Mariota was hurt. He seems to be back. They've beaten Houston, Jacksonville, and Philly. Those are not easy games. So the Titans are not just 3-1 and one after losing their first game. They're battle-tested. Their defense is playing great. They allow just 18 points per game. And I told you, I just can't bet against them anymore. They're going... To Buffalo, but is that going to be a tough place for them to play? I mean, the five points, maybe it's a field goal game. I don't know. I just think Tennessee's, the way their defense is playing, the way Vrabel has their defense playing, and again, the fact that they've beaten some pretty good teams, it's not like they've beaten cupcake teams. They've, they're battle-tested. Give me Tennessee in this game. They go into Buffalo, and they win, and they're 4-1, and one, and they're proving me wrong. I'm not going to bet against them anymore, so I'm going to bet them to win. Hopefully, I'm not the jinx, because I need this win. Tennessee over Buffalo. In Buffalo, then I'm taking the Rams, a seven-point favorite. They're in Seattle Sunday at 425. The Rams are just one of two undefeated teams in the NFL. Rams are 4-0. Kansas City's 4-0. The Rams are just unstoppable. Okay, they're unstoppable. They score 35 points a game. And I just don't see Seattle, a 2-2 two two Seattle team, this 2-2 two two Seattle team, I don't see them being the team that slows down the Rams, even though it's in Seattle. What I say about the Seahawks all the time is that 
Seattle is one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. There's no question about it. I don't think you can deny that. But they just had another loss on the defensive side. Earl Thomas out for the season with a leg injury. He's been put on injured reserve. You saw him getting it off, flipping the bird to somebody. Probably somebody in that Seahawks organization, right? But, um... You know, I just don't think Seattle is that team this year to slow this Rams team down. Now, the Seahawks have won two straight. Got to acknowledge that. They beat the Cowboys and they beat the Cardinals. Eh, how difficult was that? So, Seattle, I just think the Rams are too good. I do. I'm not telling you the Rams are going to put up 35 points in Seattle. I'm not telling you that. But I do think they have enough firepower to win, uh, to beat the Seahawks. So, it's going to be loud in there. But the Rams, they have enough weapons, and I think they win the game. Seven points. Maybe it's high. Maybe it's a close one. But I don't think Seattle's going to slow down the Rams. Give me the Rams all day, every day in this one, and they will be 5-0 when this game is over. And then my lock of the week. I never thought I'd be saying this about the lock of the week. Never. My lock of the week in week five. The Cincinnati Bengals. That's right, the Cincinnati Bengals. I feel that good about the Bengals right now through four weeks of the NFL season, and I also am down on Miami. Cincinnati hosts the Miami Dolphins Sunday at 1. The Bengals are a six-point favorite in this game. They should win by at least a touchdown. They should. They should. Um, the Bengals are 3-1. and one. I Now, I think this lock of the week says more about the difficulty of making picks in this week five than anything else. But hey, that's we gotta we gotta play the game with with the games that we, we gotta make the picks with the games that we're given, and this is my lock of the week. This is the game and the team I feel most comfortable picking to win their game. I watched Miami get whooped by the Patriots last week at Gillette Stadium, and I really don't think they'll be able to go into Cincinnati and beat this Bengals team. Bengals coming off a huge win in Atlanta, and the Bengals have been putting up over 30 points a game. And don't forget, Vontez Perfect is returning from a PED suspension, so he is going to help Cincinnati's defense in Cincinnati. It's going to be loud. They got a good team to root for. They should be able to take care of this Dolphins team, a Dolphins team that was brought back down to earth last week in New England. The Cincinnati Bengals are a lock to win this game over the Dolphins at home. Gimme, Cincy, over Miami in week five is my lock of the week. So those are my picks for week five. I'm going with Carolina, Green Bay, Tennessee, the Rams, and my lock of the week, the Cincinnati Bengals. Picks, picks presented by Bet Online. Join the Bet Online Pick'em Contest and you could win $25,000. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% Welcome bonus, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. So, with the picks out of the way, with the NFL out of the way, we now get to some postseason baseball talk because this is, I, I almost live for postseason baseball. I love it. Um, especially when the Red Sox are involved. And the Red Sox are involved. Now, the postseason has already begun. As I'm recording this on Friday morning, the Red Sox-Yankee series has not begun. So if y'all listening to this show on Saturday, um, just let it be known. I'm recording this show today 
before the Red Sox have played the Yankees in Game 1 of the ALDS. But that ALDS will begin on this Friday night, October 5th, and it'll be Chris Sale versus Jay Happ. Happ's been great for the Yankees since they acquired him, but this is Game 1. Now, if you look at the rotation, the Red Sox have David Price in Game 2 on Saturday night. Yankees have Tanaka in Game 2 on Saturday night. Game 3, Monday night in the Bronx, Rick Porcello for the Red Sox. The Yankees, I don't believe they've announced this yet, but if you go back to Wednesday night, which was the AL wildcard game, Luis Severino, he started that game. You look at Monday night's the next one. You got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's a normal rest for Severino to go in game three, Monday night. I would assume it's going to be Severino. I don't believe it's written in stone as, as I am recording this podcast. But that's what I would do if I'm the Yankees. I mean, why wouldn't you? Normal rest, Severino? Yeah, throw him in that game. And then game four, I don't know what the Yankees are going to do, but the Red Sox, they've announced they're going with Nathan Avaldi. Red Sox will go with Nathan Avaldi. They will not think about Chris Sale on short rest. Um, you know, does that have to do with the fact that he still is dealing with some inflammation? I don't know. Or, or is it just you go back to last year's ALDS against Houston and you had that game four and Chris Sale came out of the pen? Maybe they'll be ready for him to come out of the pen if need be in a crucial big spot uh, if they need to win that game to try to force a game five. But, uh, you know, you look at that rotation, you look at the probables, and I still think going into this game one on this Friday night, my biggest concerns are with Chris Sale. I do not know what he's going to provide. Now, if you listen to my interview with Red Sox President Sam Kennedy earlier this week, I, I asked him about Chris Sale. He acknowledged the inflammation. He acknowledged the fact that, you know, Sale was dealing with some mechanical issues since trying to come back after having some time off with multiple DL stints late in the season. And, uh, you know, that's a concern. You know, the phrase that Sam Kennedy used was he's cautiously optimistic You know, the reason I think he uses the word optimistic, though, is he points out, as he pointed out, you can go listen to it yourself if you want, but he pointed out Chris Sale's attitude, his intensity. He told the story about last year after the Red Sox lost to the Astros in that game four at Fenway, in which Sale came out of the bullpen, was dominant, and then kind of blew it with a home run to Bregman. Remember, a lot of people were criticizing John Farrell for keeping Sale in too late. I wasn't. I said, I, you know, Sale's your guy. He's lights out. You stick with him. You know, I'd rather see Sale let up the home run than, have, than make that. If you made that move to go to someone someone else and you could be sitting there going, well, if they kept sailing, maybe he wouldn't have let up the home run. You know, stick with your top dog. That's what they did last year. But after Sam Kennedy tells a story that after that game, you know, an hour after the game, he went down into the clubhouse And Chris Sale was sitting on the ground, full uniform, just pissed off. And Sam Kennedy said he's never seen a look like that on a player in his 17 years with the organization. And, um, you know, that tells you a lot. So he knows what Chris Sale lives for, and he lives for this, game one. Chris Sale had a press conference yesterday on Thursday, and um, he basically said it doesn't matter. It was kind of a weird answer, I thought, when he said it doesn't matter what I have. I I, I know that regardless of of what I'm able to provide, I should be able to get the job done. I don't know if he is referencing his intensity and his mindset and his will to win and him living for the moment. Well, 
There's a lot of guys that live for the moment. There are not a lot of guys that throw 100 miles an hour with the nasty slider, if you can locate it, that, you know, is one of the filthier pitches, if not the filthiest pitch in all of baseball. So, you know, everybody, a lot of people have that mindset. Not a lot of people throw 100 with that slider. So it's not just the mindset that, that helps you win. It's also the filthy stuff that comes along with it. So I need to know. You know, Chris Sale doesn't have to say it, but I, you know, Sam Kennedy doesn't have to say it, but I need to know if Chris Sale's going to have that filthy stuff in game one. And if you tell me he is, then I'm going to tell you the Red Sox are going to get off to a good start. There's just a lot of pressure on Red Sox pitching. There's pressure on Sale with the injuries coming off the DL um, and the fact that, you know, Sale didn't have a good postseason last year. Sale doesn't have any success in the postseason. His sample size is small because he never went to the postseason with the White Sox, but still. There's no success there. And then you go to David Price in game two. As a starter, there's no success there either. And we all know that story. Even David Price admits it. It's about October. And it is. It's about Saturday night for David Price. You know, luckily for him, it'll be at home and not in the Bronx, where he gets lit up even more. So there's a lot of pressure there. Rick Porcello. What's he been in the postseason? I mean, you know, there's pressure with him too. So. The, the least amount of pressure might be on Nathan Avaldi, out of all people. And uh, I don't know, there's something about him throwing in the upper 90s that doesn't make me feel terrible about that. So uh, you, you can't convince me heading into the series against the Yankees that the Red Sox are a lock to win this thing. I, I didn't want to play the Yankees. You saw what Aaron Judge did early in that game the other night against Oakland. He looks like he's all right. Uh you know, you got an, a couple other kids there who seemingly are going to be exciting players in the big moments for the Yankees. And the Red Sox have those guys too. It's just, it is going to come down to, to what can Sale and Price give you in games one and two at home. You know, you, it's, it's set up perfectly for them, but now it's their time. You could talk to me about the bullpen all you want. This is about Sale and Price. The bullpen doesn't matter. If Sale and Price get lit up, before you go to the bullpen, bullpen doesn't matter. Get to the bullpen first before you start worrying about it. And I think with the Red Sox, that's where the most pressure is. It's on the starters. It's on sale. It's on price. The Red Sox gave up a lot to get both guys a lot of money to get price. Uh, a lot of young, pr- good, talented prospects to get sale. And they've put these guys in position now, a 108-win team at home to go out and exercise whatever postseason demons they may have to get the job done. Now is the time to get the job done for both of these guys. Not just one of them. Both of them. Both of them. And uh, we'll see what happens. You're asking me for a prediction for this series? I'll take the home field. I'll take the Red Sox. I, I think if you get that game five, again, short series here. You And what's funny about it is, the Red Sox and Yankees have never played in the divisional series, right? Because the new rules, the new postseason rules with the wild card playing game, the new rules is that you can play a division team in the divisional series before you couldn't. So, like the old rules, I believe before the wild card playing game, was that, okay, the Yankees would be the wild card, Red Sox would be the one seed, but you can't play the same team in your division in the divisional series. So the Red Sox would have had to play 
Um, who would they have played? Cleveland. Just because they're the next, you know, they wouldn't have played Houston, they would have played Cleveland. That's the way it would have worked. And the Red Sox would have had to meet the Yankees in the championship series, the ALCS. And I mean, they, these two teams haven't played in the playoffs since 2004. We all know what happened then. So here we are now, first time since 2004, first time, I believe, in the divisional series ever. And um, I, I will take the game five at Fenway. I'll take the game five at home. And if it goes to five games and you have sale in game five, I'll put my money on sale in game five at home. And so that's how I break down my pick, Red Sox in five, because I'm putting my money on Chris Sale. Is it a risky bet? Knowing that sales velocity was down in his last start? Absolutely. Knowing that I don't think we have any idea what we're going to get from this guy? Absolutely. Knowing that I don't know what we're going to get from David Price? Is it a risky bet to pick the Red Sox in five? Absolutely. Um, But I'll take the home field. You know, that that's big. You didn't, you didn't have it the last couple of years. You got it now. Home field advantage in the ALDS. Take advantage of it. Get sale pitching twice. I'll put my money on sale in game five. So that's how I feel about this Red Sox-Yankees series. But I think it's going to be a good one. Yankees are going to be tough, man. They, this is tough. I would have preferred Oakland. I really would have. You want to bring Oakland in here? Have them going with relief pitches in the first inning? Go ahead. Bring them in. I hate that strategy. Um, I hope the Red Sox never use it. Red Sox president Sam Kennedy hopes they never use it. He said he doesn't like that strategy either. either. So I don't think you're going to see the Red Sox doing it. I hate that strategy. But Oakland, I would have preferred the athletics over the Yankees. Yankees are going to be tough. But it's an exciting rivalry nonetheless. I'm excited to get it going. And uh, I will react to the first two games of this series next week. And uh, again, game three in New York Monday night. Game four in New York on Tuesday night. And games one and two at Fenway on this Friday and Saturday night. The rest of the postseason, it's begun. Or at least the NLDS. As I record this, Milwaukee has a 1-0 lead on the Rockies in game one of the NLDS. Uh, The wildcard Rockies, who eliminated the Cubs in the wildcard game. Milwaukee walked it off in game one. Moustakis with a walk-off single in the 10th inning. Uh, so Milwaukee leads that series 1-0 as I record this. The Dodgers shut out the Braves in their game one. Dodgers beat the Braves 6-0. Dodgers take game one. Now they'll have Kershaw going in game two. Clayton Kershaw. Dodgers, I think Dodgers are going to be going to the World Series. That's what I, I think you're going to, I think the Dodgers could cruise through the National League, to be honest. I think they could cruise through Atlanta. They could cruise through Milwaukee or Colorado. I think the Dodgers could do that. They got the postseason experience. Um, you know, they got the big-name pitcher. I, I think the Dodgers could cruise here. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, that's, so that's postseason baseball for you. I'll be back next week to react to what we've seen over the weekend. I'll keep my eye on it. I'll also react to Week 5 in the NFL, obviously. And uh, I'll keep my eye on what's going on with the Bruins and even the Celtics. The NHL's begun. Already, I, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a long Bruins season. Not because I think they're going to be bad. I don't think the Bruins are going to be bad. But the people who hate Tuka Rask and want him gone, already, they've already started their anti-Tuka campaign. After one game. Now, the teams played two. They went with Halak in game two and they won. So the Bruins are one and one. 
They got whooped by the Capitals on opening night. Capitals raised the Stanley Cup banner and um, probably still hung over. And, and they beat the Bruins, what, 7 nothing. Tuca was terrible. Uh, and then Halak played game two, and the Bruins shut out the Buffalo Sabres 4 nothing. But the people already calling for Tuca's head are just, man. I mean, is there an agenda there or what? It's one game of 82. All right, they've played two games of 82. But give me a fucking break. Just take a couple deep breaths, right? Blow that shit out if you're smoking it. Blow it out. Calm down. (laughs) Tuka Rask, I think he's going to be fine. But it's one game. One game. Let him him at least try to bounce back with a second game of the season, would you? Come on. Come on. But, um... It's going to be a long season if that shit's already started. They're already making me not already making me hate the team, really. They make people make me hate the team with that stuff. But um hate is hate the team is strong. You know what I mean though. Get frustrated watching it. Get frustrated listening to people talk about it. To the point where you're like, uh, are the Celtics on? <laughs> are the Celtics winning? What's the controversy there? Well, one piece of potential controversy has been squashed, I think. With Kyrie Irving saying yesterday, Kyrie Irving said that he plans on re-signing with the Celtics long-term, and that's good news, not just for the Celtics, not just for the fans, but also for the people that don't want to continue to hear about New York Knicks rumors all season long in what should be a very exciting Celtics season. So, now, I understand. It's all talk until he signs on the dotted line. You know, the, the rumors of him leaving will come up again if there's a report that the Celtics heard this, went to his agent and said, all right, sign on the dotted line, here's the contract. And Irving says no, right? He says he's going to wait till the offseason. Well, then the rumors will come up again. But I mean, you know, you got to be some type of asshole to stand there in front of season ticket holders with a microphone and go... Guys, don't worry. I plan on re-signing long-term and then going to New York. You, like, you, you'd have to be some type of asshole to do that. I don't think Kyrie Irving's an asshole. So I hear that and I'm like, all right. It's not a lot that I, I believe in. Hu- I don't believe in humans very much. It's just something I've learned not to believe in. I don't trust other humans. I... I, I just, I don't know if that's the social media, um, running through my veins, but I just, I don't trust a lot of people, but I'm actually going to trust Kyrie Irving on that. And now if he does run off to New York, then it's like, oh, you know, he's public enemy number one, but I don't, I don't think he's that big of an asshole to do that. I don't. So Kyrie Irving says he's going to re-sign with the Celtics long-term. We'll see how that plays out, but I can't wait till the Celtics begin. And then, of course, I can't wait until the fight this weekend. Conor McGregor versus Khabib. McGregor, an underdog. Um, I mean, where are we going with this? Are you really going to bet on Khabib? I know he's undefeated. I know he's the lightweight champ. But who's the real lightweight champ? I mean, McGregor never lost the belts. He never lost the belt. In either weight class that he held belts. Held belts in multiple weight classes. He never lost a belt. He just left to go box Mayweather. 
Now, McGregor has not been in an octagon in two years. So he's used to fighting two or three times a year in the octagon. And he hasn't been in the octagon now in, in two years. So how will that affect him? I really don't know. I really don't know. I, I, I think that, you know, here's what it's going to come down to, in my opinion. Can Khabib take a couple shots and still be able to function properly? That's it. Because you know that he's going to try to take McGregor to the mat. But you know he's probably going to get hit with a couple shots before he gets in to take McGregor. Gets in close enough to take McGregor to the mat. Can he take those shots? Can he eat those blows and still have enough strength and energy to be able to not just take McGregor to the mat, but then finish him off? Ah, I wouldn't put my money on that. If you're telling me McGregor's going to land some blows, I'm telling you McGregor's going to knock him out. That's the, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> I told you, I'm making bets these days. I make my bets to have no regrets. If I bet Khabib and McGregor knocked him out in the first round, I'd be sitting there the next day going, are you kidding me, Danny? Why in the world would you ever make that bet? Why would you do that? What are you thinking? You knew McGregor was going to hit him with shots. You're not going to put your money on it? Look, McGregor's got to have some type of confidence. He just, right? He's got to have confidence. He just took Mayweather to the the distance. Don't tell me that's not a feat that gives you confidence. It is. And McGregor was already a confident, cocky dude anyways. So he feels like he can beat anybody at any style. And I know he didn't beat Mayweather, but the fact that, you know, there's some type of moral victory with the fact that he steps into a boxing ring against one of the greatest of all time and and didn't you know didn't really get beat up. I I think there's a moral victory to go along with that. And so I think McGregor now back in his element. Yeah, he hasn't been in there in two years, but I'm gonna put my money on Conor McGregor to win this. I am. I'm gonna put my money on McGregor with a knockout. And uh at that point, I don't know what he does after that. Is there another UFC fight? Maybe. Is he going to entertain the idea of getting back to the boxing ring? Yeah, if the money's right. You know, there's a bet you could put down right now at betonline.ag that has Conor McGregor against Manny Pacquiao. That's right. McGregor Pacquiao. Not Mayweather Pacquiao. McGregor Pacquiao. Now, got to make that bet before December 31st, 2018. But the fact that it's even out there is interesting to me. So, what's McGregor thinking? What are the rumors? He's going to knock out Khabib first. I think he'll do that. That's where I'm putting my money. McGregor knocks out Khabib. That's my prediction on that. And then you got, also on Saturday, a WWE pay-per-view. The Super Showdown. It's in Australia. It's such a weird event. They have these weird events that they just kind of throw at you out of nowhere. It's like, oh, here's a major event. I don't like them. I don't like these events. There's too many big, major pay-per-view events. There's too many of them. It, it makes rest, you know, it, it waters down WrestleMania to me, and it waters down the other four major pay-per-views like Royal Rumble, uh, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam. Those are the four major pay-per-views. Now they got, you know, the Super Showdown. They're going to Saudi Arabia again for the Crown Jewel event. I mean, you know they're going to throw another one at us. I just, I don't like them. 
I think they are watering down the product. Undertaker's going to fight Triple H. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's 2018. Undertaker's going to fight Triple H. This should be at WrestleMania. This should be a WrestleMania rematch. Instead, they're like, oh, it's the last time ever. Now, the rumors do say that maybe Shawn Michaels is going to interfere. Maybe he'll cost Undertaker a match. And that you're going to see Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Now, <laughs> Shawn Michaels shaved his head. I don't even know. Like, that's crazy to me. The heartbreak kid is bald. And <laughs> it's crazy to me. I don't know how I could watch Shawn Michaels in the ring wrestling with no hair. It just, it just doesn't make sense to me. But that's just the way they're going to do it. They might at WrestleMania be setting us up for Undertaker and Kane in a tag team match versus Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Here's what I know. Triple H versus the Undertaker, this should be a WrestleMania match. Instead, they're doing it in Australia at Super Showdown. I don't know. Do you want to bet on this? I'll tell you where you can. BetOnline.ag. And then go to Props. Okay? And then you can click WWE. And you can actually bet on it. Undertaker, Triple H, it's a pick Both at minus 120. So they don't know where they're going with this one. They don't. They don't know where they're going. Um, but you can actually put money on this. You can. At betonline.ag. So that's what we got this week. A lot going on. And I'll be back next week to break it all down. You can get this show whenever you want at podcastone.com. Also on iTunes, Spotify, dannypicard.com. Really anywhere podcasts are available. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dannypicard, where you will be able to watch me make picks picks every single week follow me on twitter facebook all forms of social media uh, enjoy your weekend go socks and i'll be back next week to break it all down see you